Welcome to the Follow the Yogi podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Santana, a recovering people-pleasing type A personality turned sacred rebel. Join me each week for my viewpoint on yoga concepts through the eyes of this 35-year practitioner, yoga teacher, yoga mom, yoga woman, and saucy rebel. The topics that we cover have to do with yoga, but they're incredibly broad because we apply the concepts of yoga to every single part of our life and to the many roles that we play in this life. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now let's jump into your weekly dose of Follow the Yogi. Hola, yogis. Biggie Santana here. All right. So honestly, I never thought that I would be talking about this topic in such a public forum. But if you know me, you know that there is no topic that is off limits. Honestly, words are just words and how we react to them, well, has everything to do with our past, with our traumas, with our karma, and with our dharma. So really, this is just a grown-up conversation about how the breath relates to orgasm. So what if I told you that with practice, you could climax by using the breath and only the breath without external stimulation? I'm living proof of this. And once I began to master this more and more, the car line was never the same. At the end of this podcast, I'm going to share with you basic breathing techniques for intensifying your climaxes. One can be used when you're with your partner. The other one is to actually start the practice of moving this energy around so you can climax by yourself with no external stimulation. Now, before I go any further, I want you to know that this applies to both my yoginis and my brogies. Our practice of yoga is a life practice, a journey that's unique to each and every one of us. Listen, some of us want God contact, some want physical ecstasy, some want spiritual ecstasy, and really the list is endless. But it's all the same energy. How we move it and for what purpose is the only difference. Now, you've heard me say a bajillion times, if we use the breath to just survive, we're cheating ourselves. Breath work ups the game considerably, and we don't just survive, we thrive in so many different areas of ourselves. We have five different energy bodies, and the breath affects all of them. So this applies to all the aspects of our lives, and our sex life is one of them. Now, breathing techniques are used in all forms of yoga, meditation, Taoist and tantric practices, and even health activities like exercise and blood pressure reduction. There are calming breaths that incorporate deep belly breathing for relaxation, and there are charging breaths for increasing focus. Basically, there's a breath pattern for everything that we want to master in the body. Apart from the tantric and Taoist sexual energy practices, there are countless other references to the hidden powers of the breath. In fact, in the third chapter of the Yoga Sutras, the gifts that we cultivate through our practice are many. Now, in the spirit of full disclosure, I am now celibate by choice. No sexual energy is being released, either with or without a partner. Honestly, my greatest personal growth is occurring right now during this period of sexual abstinence, as are my inner, deeper insights. I also experience boundless levels of energy and have developed a mental focus like I never have before. 
Now, my experience of sexual abstinence has shown me that the encouragement against sex in so many spiritual uh, scriptures isn't necessarily because sex is innately bad. I believe sex is discouraged because it can be, emphasis on can, our strongest distraction that takes away our attention from intensely pursuing our spiritual path of fulfillment. Now, with that said, celibacy is not absolutely necessary for kundalini to increase its energy up the spine and into the brain. So, although many of the great masters are known to be celibate, I know from personal experience that you don't have to be celibate in order to gain the benefits or to progress your practice spiritually. So I said a word, kundalini. What the heck is kundalini? All right, so kundalini is a Sanskrit term from ancient India that identifies the rising of an energy and consciousness which has been coiled at the base of the spine since our birth and is the source of the life force, our pranic energy. In Chinese, they call it qi. Maybe you've heard it as bioenergy that everybody knows and everybody has. Yogic science suggests that this energy triggered the formation of the child in the womb and then coils three and a half times at the base of the spine to hold the energy field in stasis until we die when it uncoils and returns us to our source. My first kundalini experience was about 10 years ago and I was very sexually active back then. You know, and it actually happened by chance in a shavasana after a hatha class. Initially, I had no idea what it was until later in my practice when I started learning more about the spiritual path. And it was an amazing experience. And it went something like this. Everybody's experience is going to be different. So here I am laying in shavasana. And all of a sudden, I felt this energy deep down in my pelvic floor and almost immediately it shot up uh, my body. I can't say that it shot up my spine because that's not the way I felt it. Anyway, it went upwards and then I found myself in an environment that had nothing in it. It was completely white. In fact, it was so white it was blinding. I found myself needing to close my eyes. But what was more what I remember more about it was that it felt like I knew everything and nothing at the same time. I was everywhere and nowhere at the same time. And it was the most confirming moment of my life in regards to the afterlife. At that moment, I didn't fear death. In fact, it was something that I was curious about, invited, but I was definitely no longer scared of it. But the moment that I said, wait a minute, is this? And then it disappeared. The moment that I tried to apply logic to it, tried to understand it, tried to name it in one way, shape or form, that brought me to a different level of consciousness. And it felt like I just fell out of it and back into my body. And it really was an amazing experience. 
Now, um, being a newbie at that, of course, it was something that I tried to chase for years after that. One of the things about these experiences are we can prepare ourselves for them and we can bring some of it and some level of it to be at will once we become more proficient, but especially early on chasing it and trying to make it happen is actually going to make it go away from us instead of come towards us. All right, enough about my Kundalini experience. So at the height of my sexuality, I was all about releasing this energy, this Kundalini energy, as often as possible in as many ways as possible. But I found that this energy was actually an albatross uh, for me in my spiritual practice so much that I thought I would never really attain any traction spiritually because I was so driven by it. Uh, I know, what a problem to have, right? Hmm. When I learned how to harness it, though, I was like fascinated that I could even control this energy at will. And when I really started mastering it, I realized I could redirect the energy upward. In other words, not releasing it gave me newfound energy, creativity, inspiration. Uh, the list was actually endless. I had greater memory recall. A lot of the gifts that we start, that I was reading about in the Yoga Sutras came to be. Now you might wonder, what does all of this have to do with breath and having orgasms? Fair enough. Well, honestly, everything. The sexual energy is there in each and every one of us. Here's the difference. Whether we decide to release or redirect it involves the same breathing technique. Let me say that again. It's the same energy. We all have it. It's lying dormant inside of us. The only difference is how are we going to want to apply it? Do we want it to move upwards and up into the brain? Or do we want to release it by way of an orgasm? There's no right or wrong answer. We can have both answers, probably not at the same time. Um, but that's really the difference in it. One of the reasons I want to bring this up, this ability to use breath work with orgasm, is because if you thought the spiritual path meant that you had to let go of being human, I'm here to tell you that that is definitely not the case. You can still be who you are. You can still uh, be a householder. You can still be a sexual being. You can work. You can parent. Uh, you can be yourself. You don't have to stop being who you are. In fact, being mortal and divine, going back to our regular life, going back to who we are, is a necessary part of our practice. We can fool ourselves and think that we've mastered all these things in our practice. But actually, when we go out into the real world, quote unquote, we get tested. Uh, it slaps up against our face and really challenges us and proves to us what level of mastery we really are at. I've had some students ask me after class if it's normal to have sensation in the lower chakras, specifically in the pelvic floor, uh, 
during our initiation kriyas in kriyin yoga. And it's absolutely normal. It's trapped down below. And as it begins to move, we feel this energy in the pelvic floor and we register it as sexual energy. So if you've experienced this in class, it's totally, totally normal and actually an indicator of progress at the very least of being able to feel this energy moving around in your body. Now, initially, some folks can get scared when they first begin to feel their energy awaken and can subconsciously shut it down. How much we shut it down depends on our relationship with sexuality. You see, this energy is actually sacred sensual energy, but since we automatically register it with sex, whatever our views of sex are will indicate how we feel about this activation subconsciously. So if your relationship with sex in general is not a positive one, if there's trauma that's tied to sexuality, or if it's tied or if there's trauma or bad messages tied to who we are, how we feel about ourselves, once we start feeling this energy, we might want to put it aside, thinking that it's not part of the process, not part of the practice. And of course, there's also this blanket of the culture, uh, even though we like to think that we're very open sexually, there's actually a lot of negative echoes at the mass level because we are masking sensual sacred energy for physical carnal sex. And when that sensual energy is not being honored, the leftovers or the negative echoes on it uh, well, you can hear them culture-wide. It makes sense that we register this as sexual energy and sexual urges because it begins its ascent from the lowest chakra, but really it's kundalini energy, Shiva Shakti, beginning to rise within us. So the truth of the matter is we're all sexual beings, period, point blank. The path of sexual transformation is not about indulging, denying, running away from, or even overcoming the desire for sex. Any of those things, or all of these things, actually happen naturally. This is about accepting sexual drive as part of your nature, as the base notes to your higher symphony. So sexual energy, it can't be created or destroyed, it can only be transformed. And here's another point I made kind of lightly, but I want to go back to it. The thing about breath work and the internal practices of yoga uh, gives us the opportunity to actually set the stage for what is meant to be. Like I said before, all of us have our own dharma and our own karma. And that's going to lead us in the direction that's best for us in this lifetime, if you believe in reincarnation. So the beauty of this is, as we do our practice, we really don't have to force anything to happen. What needs to happen will happen if we let it happen. The struggle now begins not because of the changes that are happening within us. The struggles happen because we resist these changes. Maybe we don't understand them. Maybe we think we're not ready for them. Uh, maybe because of things that have happened in our past life or lives we don't have, know how to deal with it. All of these are valid points. 
but I just want to let you know that as you do your practice, the practice itself, if we do it consistently with discipline and with an open mind and an open heart, it's going to lead us in the direction that we need to go in. So this is really an inside job. You don't have to force anything. You don't have to make anything happen. You literally just have to show up and listen. I like to say, wait, watch, and listen for the direction, the signs, the symbols that will guide us in the direction that suits us best. So if you think that any of this can be done through force, it can't really. In fact, nothing done by force force is long-lasting, probably isn't in our best interest because we're working through the bully eyes of the ego. Trust the process, keep your mind open, show up, and then just let the natural course of energy guide you. Trust what you feel. And let that design, not just your yoga practice, but let it design your life. What I love about the practice of yoga is that it places the responsibility of our pleasure, of our pain, squarely on our shoulders. Now this applies to every single facet of our life. If things occur, circumstances happen in our lives, and we blame the outside world for how we feel about it, we're basically putting ourselves in this victim mentality. Now, when we're presenting ourselves or thinking of ourselves as a victim, we're powerless, we have zero control, and that we're addressing our life from a very, very weak point. And like I said, it applies to all facets of our lives. So now taking this into our sex life, placing the responsibility on our partner or blaming our partner for less than satisfactory uh, physical relationship, uh, it's really not going to get us anywhere. We can blame them all we want. We can put the responsibility on their shoulders all we want, but that actually isn't going to change anything. You'll hear me say this over and over again. The way we do anything is the way we do everything. So you can use any facet of your life and see if you are taking on a victim mentality, if you're blaming the outside world, uh, if you're putting yourself in a position of less than powerful uh, to be able to manage and drive your life, your sex life is one of them. So knowing our own body and our sexual stimuli and what desires and what works best for us is important. And basically, honestly, it's every individual's responsibility. Without further ado, I'm going to share with you two separate breath exercises that you can do in two separate scenarios that might bring more fire into the bedroom. So this first breath pattern in particular is easy to remember and use. Uh, this one is a type of panting breath that is specifically used for increasing oxygen and nitric oxide. You can use it multiple times during any sexual encounter. Uh, when you notice your, your mind wandering, right? Sometimes we get distracted even while we're in the act itself. And it almost feels like a forklift event to bring ourselves back into the moment. This will help. You've slipped from a plateau or you want to enhance the experience you're already having. This might help. All right. So while you're engaged, 
open your mouth and take a deep belly breath as you feel the pleasure building up in your body. You know, there's always this moment where it's like, oh, there it is. And we're conscious of it. Then when you feel yourself getting closer to climax, continue to pulse the pelvic floor muscles while breathing deeper and faster to stop your diaphragm from tensing and to help keep the rest of your muscles soft. And that's so important. A lot of times when we start feeling that sensation, we actually tense up and that tensing up actually makes us plateau or makes the feeling go away completely. Then when your orgasm begins, try your best to continue the breath and relax your entire body into it. It might feel counterintuitive at first and the urge to bear down is real, but try to come back to that open mouth belly breathing and keep relaxing through it. This is going to allow the waves of sensation to travel through the nerves in your entire body so you experience a full body orgasm. Trust me, it's all about the breath, my babes. This next one is the orgasmic breath step by step. A special note, I'm going to mention PC muscle. And the PC muscle is a hammock-like muscle found in both sexes. It stretches from your pubic bone to the tailbone, firing the floor of the pelvic cavity and supporting the pelvic organs. And don't worry, I'll say all of this again, just, you know, boom, 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 boom. But I'm saying it now and explaining it as I go along. All right, here we go. Find yourself in a comfortable seat. Be sure to sit upright and take a deep, regular breath in and out to prepare. Do that for a few times, actually. Then when you've kind of grounded yourself with your next inhale, purse your lips like you were sipping through a straw. This allows you to control the air as it comes in. Sip the air slowly in and engage your PC muscles, your pelvic floor, at the very bottom like you're trying to stop a stream of pee. And it doesn't have to be intense, right? Go into it lightly. Now avoid the urge to clench your glutes. We don't want to crunch up our butt cheeks and bring any tension into this. We really want to isolate, isolate that PC muscle. Continue to sip air in and imagine you're zipping up the muscles around the energy that is lifting through the spine, keeping them engaged as you go. So you want to visualize this. You want to visualize the energy around the spine lifting up. Then pull in your lower abdominal muscles, basically suck in your belly. Again, lightly. We want to do this with small incremental uh, effects. Draw your shoulders back and widen your collarbones. This is going to open up the front part of your body. Then tuck your chin in and lengthen the back of your neck, looking down gently. Once you're full of air, seal the lips and hold your breath with all the muscles along the spine engaged. When you're ready to release, open your mouth slightly and imagine energy pouring from the crown of the head down the front of the body and now soften each muscle group on its way down. Relax the neck, relax the shoulders, let your belly hang out, rest your lower abdominal muscles. Now I'm just going to go step by step with no explanation so you can follow along. 
Find a comfortable seat. Be sure to sit upright and take a regular deep breath in and out to prepare. With your next inhale, purse your lips like you were sipping through a straw. Sip air slowly in and engage your PC muscles at the very bottom like you're stopping a stream of pee. Continue to sip, sip air in and imagine you're zipping up the muscles around the energy that's lifting through the spine. Pull in your lower abdominal muscles, suck in your belly, draw your shoulders back and widen your collarbones. Tuck your chin in and lengthen the back of your neck, looking down gently. Once full, Seal the lips and hold your breath with all muscles along the spine engaged. When you're ready to release, open your mouth slightly and imagine energy pouring from the crown of the head down the front of the body, now softening each muscle group on its way down. Relax the neck, the shoulders, let your belly hang out, rest your lower abdominal muscles, and lastly, release the PC muscles completely and surrender. Do this for as many times as 13 times. And with time, with practice, with awareness, and with dedication, watch how this begins to allow you to bring more awareness to this energy that already exists in our body and how it begins to help your ability to create, redirect this sexual energy, helping you to climax or just creating the climax in its entirety. All right, yogis, this concludes this week's installment of Follow the Yogi. I'll catch you next week. Deuces.